and welcome to Happy Place. I'm Fern Cotton and this is the place you can come to figure out what it is you want out of life. Today I'm chatting to Joey Hewlin. We are always manifesting, you know, we're in a constant state of manifesting in a way because what manifesting is, is, you know, the alignment of our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs, our actions, and that produces a result. So all day, every day, we are manifesting, we are manifesting our reality by going about things. Now, a manifesting practice is consciously choosing what we bring to life. Joey is a meditation teacher, retreat leader and author. She travelled all the way from her home in beautiful Cornwall to come for a chat at mine a few weeks ago because we've just published her latest book on Happy Place Books. It's called Your Manifesting Year and it's the most joyful look at how we can really embody our desires and ultimately change our lives through manifesting practices. It's this really beautiful marrying of science and mysticism. And I think that's the thing Joey and I were keen to explore, that the practice of manifesting isn't necessarily what you might think from what you've seen on social media. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, let's do it. Here's the show. Joey, thank you so much for being on Happy Place. We are delighted to be publishing your book, Your Manifesting Year, on Happy Place Books. It's so exciting to be here. I know. It's happening. Look at this gorgeous book. I love it. Do you love it? I really do. Yeah. It's like the scariest moment when a book comes through the door for the first time. You've seen it flat, uh, as you'll know. And when it comes through and you love it, it's the best feeling ever. It's a great cover. Covers are really hard to get right as well. I'm really picky when I'm doing covers for my books Mm. to the point where I know I'm annoying people Mm -hmm. a bit about it Mm. but it's really important and I love that it's just clear and gorgeous Mm. with shiny bits yeah the shiny bits all the way we love the shiny (laughs) bits so your manifesting year let's talk about manifesting Mm. because I am forever intrigued interested sometimes still confused Mm -hmm. about manifesting Mm -hmm. and I'm sure most people feel the same because If manifesting was super easy, we'd all be doing it all the time and all completing all goals Mm -hmm. and dreams. Mm -hmm. Would you say it's easy once Mm -hmm. you know how it works? Mm -hmm. And I completely agree. And, you know, there's a lot of my friends who will roll their eyes at manifesting, you know. (laughs) So I'm surrounded by people going, oh, what a load of nonsense. So in my experience, manifesting definitely works, but it's not a quick fix. It's not something that, you know, once you've kind of figured out some sort of formula that all of a sudden you know, life becomes so easy and everyone just, you know, adheres to your way of of being and you just get what you want all the time. Because I personally think that it's the inner work. So we all have kind of limitations, we all have blocks within us. And manifesting is about really taking a look at ourselves, really getting to know ourselves to then kind of allow ourselves to step forward into what we want. And, you know, for some for some things, that might be a lifetime. You know, yeah. there's, there's certain certain areas of my life that, you know, that I keep getting stuck, 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 stuck. And it's actually when I get stuck, it's not to kind of think, oh, it's all a load of rubbish or it's all my fault or, you know, da, da, da. But to, to just kind of look sort of a little bit more closer with a bit more curiosity to think, hmm, you know, what is going on there? What is the energy that I'm giving off? What is the filter that I'm seeing the world through? You know, what what can I do to kind of, you know, to to soothe or to heal those inner parts of myself? And then the outer world seems to kind of fit in around. So I think there's some things that might take a lifetime, unfortunately, or, or fortunately, because, you know, we're always evolving. But there's those little things that I think perhaps when you do kind of, you know, when you do the inner healing, that they do come a little bit quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, talking of blocks, do you Mm. think that everybody has 
a lesson that they're here to learn. Because I think with age, I've certainly gone, okay, I think my thing's boundaries, that mm. I'm not very good at them. And I'm not very good at setting them. Mm. I'm confused by them. I often feel guilt and shame when I'm trying to set one. And I think most people, I mean, it, there is obviously sort of more minute detail with each of those things, with storytelling and what's happened and circumstance. But do you think most people have a lesson that they're trying to sort of I guess, get through to, to unblock themselves. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Because, you know, if we think of ourselves as individuals, we've got our own, you know, experiences or life lessons that have shaped us to be the way that we are. That's just the natural state for every human to kind of, you know, as we're learning as children, we, you know, we learn some healthy habits and some, you know, unhealthy habits or things that are helpful and things that are unhelpful. So as individuals, we're kind of always on this this path of evolution. But then as a collective as well, you know, there's so much that affects us as individuals from from the collective. You know, there's glass ceilings that keep some people, you know, down. There's opportunities are different for other people. So, you know, there's there's this collective element, too. So I think the more we can kind of take time to tend to our own healing we are also affecting the the collective so that in years to come you know people our grandchildren will benefit from the work that we're doing you know so I think it's it always will be there I think that's just part of human evolution but it's just kind of taking a bit of tenderness and compassion to ourselves and seeing as like a a lifelong journey of evolution um, rather than a a destination to get fixed you know like oh Oh, I'm fixed now, you know. Oh, I'm great now. Yeah, that's, we're never going to be fixed, no. are we? And it's, it's such a shit. When you, when you do the inner work and you get there, first of all, and you're like, I feel great. This is amazing. And then you realise there's another layer and you're like, oh, God. Or but- something happens in life and you're like, oh, no, I'm still the flawed human that I was last month. Yeah. So do you think before we even get to the manifesting bit, which mm. we'll talk about in a moment, mm. you have to either be already doing that inner work or willing to dive into that Mm, yeah I think it's I think it is completely intertwined with manifesting I think you can't I don't think you can necessarily do one without the other I think in um you know the popular view of manifesting this is where my friends do their eye rolling and you know is the is the view that it is about materialism you know that it's about these material things and in my experience, it takes energy, it takes time, it takes perseverance to kind of to to manifest things. So if we took something material or kind of, you know, the the Insta version of manifesting is being on a yacht and, you know, having oh. a lovely time. No, thanks. I would not be manifesting. I'd get seasick for a start, but I would not want to manifest Same. that. Stay right on land. <laughs> but, you know, if, if that is the view of manifesting, you think, what's the point? You know, how lovely you could manifest a holiday to you know, Bali and uh, like, although I would love a holiday to Bali, but you know, you could, you could manifest, but then life is still the same. Yeah. So when we look at manifesting in a slightly different way, that kind of like a bit more of a holistic view of manifesting, it's kind of like, how can this practice help me heal? How can this practice help me build stronger relationships? How can it help me live my purpose? How can it help me, you know, support my community and live more in connection to the planet? So it's kind of, looking at manifesting with a slightly different way and then all of a sudden you're like yeah like yes please yeah. like I want those things yeah you know? absolutely. sod the yacht but I want those things yeah we don't want yachts no. we just want to feel all right no. we just want to feel a bit of peace in our mm. heads and feel okay yeah. so in the book you say that manifesting is where science meets mysticism mm. talk to me about that how do we marry science and mysticism mm. so I love this area I love it because I love the woo, but I I don't sit fully in 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 the woo. Yeah, in <laughs> I have the to, woo. in the woo. <laughs> I have one foot on the earth and one foot, you know, fully in, in woo. It, it fully in the woo, like yeah. fully in the woo. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Sounds a bit odd, but hey. I get it. I, I hear you. You've got one foot is in like a sensible shoe and the other is in a sort of hessian flip-flop oh, type or just, shoe. Yeah. Or barefoot. Yeah, barefoot with loads of like bracelet, bracelets, yeah, anklets. no anklets. Oh. I can visualise this. You know? I've got it. Mm. <laughs> so, that, so that idea, so anything kind of woo that comes up um, in my life, I'm like, oh, that's fascinating. And then I'm kind of like, 
what's is there has there been some research on it or like you know is there is there kind of well, how does that work or you know and there's some things that will remain a mystery I think forever and ever and ever and you've got to get comfortable with that but things like meditation so meditation it, for me is where science and mysticism meet you know science is proving all these amazing benefits for us yet there is this deeply spiritual side to it where we you know where we do if we allow ourselves we kind of connect into the kind of the the universal consciousness you know and and that's essentially where the healing takes place and the same for manifesting for me so there's this very kind of um you know if we think about it from a neuroscientific point of view kind of we think about affirmations the way our mind works and the the fact that we see the world because of the filters that we personally have so we can look at it from that that view but we also have this amazing super woo you know spiritual um aspect to manifesting too and it's kind of that that marriage of the two for me gets me excited you know it's kind of there's a space of transpersonal psychology they call it where you know it's that it's that understanding that kind of looking at the the both you know and kind of in equal parts not saying one's against the other or you have to if you're super spiritual you can't you know believe in science and if you're scientific it's kind of just bringing it together and I get excited by that well like you say even with affirmation that if you actually sort of uh, deconstructed how that works in the brain that's just neuroplasticity and Mm. showing that if you keep with repetition and discipline that you will create new neural pathways and but then you still reap the benefits of having some sort of connected mm. experience. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's so fascinating. In the book, like quite early on in the book, you give some there's th- threaded throughout lovely mm. anecdotes of people that have you've worked with or people that have shared their stories with you. And there's a great story that I think will resonate with many where this young girl has this really incredible sort of coincidental experience where she sees Mumford and Sons and there's a message in the song for her that links to something else, etc. And many of us will have had an experience like that where it feels inexplicable. What? How did that happen? Why was that song playing? Or why did this person show up? Or why did I just see that signpost at that time? What can we boil that down to? Mm. What is that showing us and, mm. and how is that? Is that just pure mysticism and coincidence? Mm. So um, I would look at that as a, as a synchronicity, you know, so kind of a meaningful, um, a meaningful happening, kind of a meaningful coincidence. And I think if we, if we lean into the, into the spiritual side, you know, um, synchronicity is kind of these, these breadcrumbs that are kind of laid out along our path that kind of help us know that we are on on the right track and it requires trust because you know can you put you know something like that under the microscope and prove it not really so then I go to what how does it feel for me so how does it feel to me to to believe and trust in something like synchronicity that there is this this divine plan that is to feel how it feels and actually if it feels good and it feels comforting and it feels reassuring to believe in this stuff then I'm like okay yeah that's for me you know that that's 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 what I'm gonna lean into but yeah the the those little synchronistic moments are magic aren't they they're just so amazing when they happen they feel so good why wouldn't we like this is how massively dysfunctional we are as a society that we would think someone not necessarily but some might say leaning into synchronicities or coincidences oh that is a load of woo-woo nonsense or how ridiculous yet we forget the concepts that we fully believe and they're man-made like money Mm. that's just an agreed concept oh yeah we believe in money and the power of money. Mm. We believe in status. Mm-hmm. And this is all man-made stuff. Mm. It's not something that is inherently associated with being a human. This is man-made systems and we believe in it all. And that's how the world works in often terrible ways. Mm. So why wouldn't we go, I believe in that meaningful moment? Mm. It's so weird how it's just skewed that you should see it as mm, fanciful or, or mystic and weird. Mm. It's like that, you know, mysticism's just been completely wiped from our Western way of living. You know, it's it not completely wiped, obviously, because there are there are new waves coming back through. But, you know, if we looked at, at like tribes around the world and we looked to to um, to places that are and people that are living in harmony with the earth, there is this it's massively spiritual and mystic. You know, there is this total trust in the divine plan of everything and for us I think 
how wonderful if we could all start to lean into that and lean into that trust like without it it's all down to you it's all down to me to make things happen and the responsibilities on me and it weighs so heavily on so many people it's too much but if we have this wider view and we there is something to to trust and lean into like god it feels so supportive and good like why would we not you know why would we not and I think we need it now more than ever people are obviously very much struggling and the mental health capacity it's kind of at fever pitch and if we can find joy and like you say comfort and also just a bit of magic Mm. I think we're missing a bit of magic Mm. and why not welcome that into Mm. your life and I guess this is again the the almost the initiation of manifesting into your life is you've got to be willing you've got to be willing that it could happen you've got to be willing to see Mm. some synchronicities Mm -hmm. or to experience something that feels slightly otherworldly it's not going to be a case of I want this to happen but I don't actually believe it's going to happen anyway that's not the place to start self-fulfilling prophecy yeah it won't then yeah yeah Yeah. so that's so that's really important and to have that I'm imagining you need to have a level of Again, this is quite tricky for for many of us to have self-acceptance, self-love, if I dare say those words. You've got to like yourself because then from that place of self-compassion, you believe you deserve it. Mm. I think that's the thing stopping so many people. And it stopped me so much over the years in certain areas of my life. I don't deserve for that to go well. I don't deserve to experience the joy or whatever it might be. And you have to kind of excavate that, I guess, first. Yeah, definitely. And there's a a chapter on self-acceptance because it is, I think, such a huge part of everything. It's a huge part of well-being. It's, it's, you know, boundaries, as we talked about earlier, and, you know, everything. It's kind of, it it all seems to come back to worth at the end of the day. It all trails back there somehow. And and it's such a a good point that, you know, if we, one of the biggest questions I think we have to get clear on manifesting is is asking ourselves what do we want you know that simple question what do we want and then actually what we find is people will go well I would want that but you know but and then all of a sudden the lids come down you know dung, 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 and it keeps that that want that desire down and you know so if we practice that asking ourselves what do we want lift the lid on that keeps that want you know what truly what do you want what do you want what if you don't know what you want yeah and I think a lot of people don't mm. then I think that is almost the 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 bit, the bit to start on. I mean, you know, all the practices that are evolved in in manifesting and that are explored throughout the book are essentially about feeling good. That's all it is. It's about feeling good in the moment, you know, because here, exactly here is where life happens. This is where life happens. It's not it's not in the future, you know, so if we can feel good in the moment, then that is, that's, you know, that's like putting a conscious step towards this desire, this future, this, this want. So I'd say start there, just, just start to do the practices that help you to feel good in the moment. And then spend that time just in quiet reflection just and tuning into the body noticing how the body responds to the world and 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 then just for me journaling is the biggest you know practice I don't think I'd know who I am if I didn't do if I didn't have a journaling practice and so you know just take the question to the page like let yourself explore what it is that you want and you know and I think it can be so overwhelming sometimes because which direction do you look in? Where do you, yeah. what do you start manifesting? But just kind of, just come back to the present moment, come back to yourself and just start to gently explore, you know, that that question, what do I want? And you might find it leads you to a relationship. It might lead you to work. It might, you know, and just, and start there. Yeah. So like you just said, you, the, the foundation is you've got to feel good. Mm. And you say in the book, you can't manifest in a state of anxiety, for an example. If you're highly stressed or whatever, that's not the place to be to manifest and there'll be many people listening to this who feel like absolute shit Mm -hmm. or are properly stressed out of their brains at the moment Mm -hmm. what are the practices that can help with that so you can even start this process Mm. because if you know that feeling crap is not going to be the best starting place there's a whole ton of work to do to even get to Mm. feel okay Mm. so what would you suggest and that I think also brings in another area of manifesting which I think can be really harmful actually and that is the idea that you know it's it is all your thoughts or something because when you're in the grips of depression you know or if and if and if you hear that narrative 
often a big layer of guilt will get dolloped on top yeah. of that, you know, or Blair, we think there's something wrong with you. You know, it's not about that at all. It's, 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 we can remove that, that layer of guilt and kind of, and blame and just be self-compassionate for where we are, you know, because even, even if, as we said, if we're manifesting all this stuff, we're not actually manifesting perfection. We're not manifesting this constant state of joy and, you know, calm and peace where everything is, you know, going our way and we're skipping along. You know, that's not, that's never going to happen because life doesn't work that way. I think what a manifesting practice and the practices that we explore in the book, so journaling, um, mindfulness, meditation, meditation is massive for me too. And those sorts of practices is actually helping us to be become okay with where we are you know and there's a there's a a brilliant um example I can't remember the name of the book now but um by Esther Hicks where she talks about a scale of emotion and you know I think when we pick up this sort of stuff we think oh I want to feel happy you know it's like from where we are to you know from naught to 100 and sometimes it's just about just gently like dialing up the scale like you would on a radio just just gently dialing just so if you're feeling if you are in the grips of you know, depression or anxiety, or you feel utterly shit, like, you know, just, just put your hand on your heart and say, oh, it's okay. It's okay to feel this way. It's completely okay to feel this way. And you can start notching up slightly. So, you know, in that moment, what will bring you comfort? You know, what will bring you a sense of delight? Like, you know, just slowly, just step by step, just inch by inch, helping yourself um, kind of to, to feel good in the moment. And it takes time and we need support and, and, and all sorts of things. So it isn't a quick fix, but it is definitely 100% possible for everyone. That's something I truly, truly believe. So if you are in the depths of it right now, it is possible. And through the practice of manifesting it's almost like lighting a beacon of hope and hope is so important lighting that beacon of hope in the future so that you know you do have you can slowly start to allow yourself to kind of move towards it um but just going super gentle with yourself yeah it's so important because I think you know even if I think to moments where I well quite recently have felt like so stressed out or Mm. you know because it's the beginning of the year I felt drastically antisocial and I want to just hide I don't want to see anyone and my first thought or reaction to that thought is there's something wrong with me I'm a freak what the hell why aren't I more social when I want to see people and I'm not compassionate to myself but then I also know equally you know finding that thing is so important for you like you say whether it's journaling or whatever it might be some mindful activity I do this thing and I think I only really recently realised it was sort of manifesting is I go in the park near where I live and I put my headphones in and I listen to like, at the moment it's a lot of Shania Twain, okay? Yes. I'm listening to a lot of Shania Twain. Oh my and it's really God. loud. Old or new? Both. Oh. I love Giddy Up. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. And I'll have right. it on really loud and I'm walking and I feel like myself getting buoyed up and mm. I feel this weird, it's almost hard to articulate it, but like, sort of um, buzzy feeling of expansion Mm. and I'm like beaming something somewhere and Mm. I don't know what it is and it just I could just do half an hour of that Mm -hmm. and I'm probably 60-70% happier than Mm. or like not even happier like more connected Mm. and more self-compassionate after doing that Mm. so you don't have to meditate you can listen to Shania Twain I think is the point of me stating that (laughs) Um, because she always cheers me up she's the absolute best (laughs) and I guess also is it I I imagine it's very important to trust yourself Mm. because when we look at say you're doing these practices and you're trying to work out what it is that you want you have no clue and then you get a bit of an idea like you know what I want a different job, or I want a partner, just as examples, they might not be the best thing for you. We don't actually know. So I think that's where I tie myself in knots. So I'm, I might go, I want Happy Place to be the biggest thing it can be to reach as many people as possible to help loads of people. And then in my head I go, yeah, but what if that's to the detriment of your mental health? What if you mm. don't want to do that? And then I go, oh, I don't know what I want to manifest mm. then. Mm. So how do we follow what we is it what we trust is going to be good for us and we just have to go with that? Mm. So I think it can be helpful sometimes to realise or to know that we are 
always manifesting. You know, we're in a constant state of manifesting in a way because what manifesting is, is, you know, the alignment of our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs, our actions, and that produces a result, which is, you know, the, the formula of manifesting in, in some sense. So all day, every day, we are manifesting. We are manifesting our reality by going about things. Now, a manifesting practice is consciously choosing what we bring to life so we're kind of we're looking at the patterns in our lives and we're looking at you know what it is that we want to change and we're putting in you know these practices to help us move towards something that we do desire otherwise we do just kind of get ourselves in a bit of a you know a cycle or a rut and it can feel like I think we don't kind of like that beacon of hope in the future we can sort of circle around and dig ourselves a little bit deeper and deeper but that element of of trust is so important and like all things spiritual there is there's always a paradox which can be totally frustrating but actually you know it's it's getting comfortable with that with that kind of with the paradox that you know it is about the actions we take and the beliefs and the work but it is this big whole side of trusting in the unfolding and there's an analogy that I feel in my own life at a certain point where I felt like, you know, I was trying to, to, you know, and actually it was writing. It was, you know, I really wanted to write books. Oh, I really want to write books. And, you know, and I, I want, really want my, my business to go well. And, I you know, I wanted all these things. So I was working really, 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 really hard. But it, it felt like I was swimming upstream to like get these things, you know, going and, you know, da, 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 da. And then as always, you know, life will put the brakes on somehow. You know, for me, it was it was a it was a physical break that was put on. And, you know, and so my body needed some rest and I, you know, put the brakes on and I went into surrender mode, complete surrender mode. And I just it was a cellular surrender that so I went into. did you have into. a health issue that stopped you in your tracks? Yeah. So um, I had stage one cervical cancer. So it was very luckily caught in the early stages. And it was treated very quickly and easily, much like abnormal cells are treated on the cervix. But, you know, to, to kind of be sat opposite that you know, diagnosis and to, and, you know, the, the other sort of issues that, that my, my body had gone through that you kind of, you know, it was sobering. And it was just that moment of just like, you okay, stop now. Just, just, you got to just chill. You got to just Surrendering's let Surrendering's really hard. So hard. But in that surrender, guess what happened? You know, the first book deal came in. Like, the, it was all these things just, just, just landed. And I was like, okay, I get it. Like, mm. Okay, I get it. But you can't you can't sit there and be like, you know, say to the universe, I'm surrendering now. You yeah, know, yeah, like where's the treats? Da, 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 like, <laughs> surrendered for five minutes. Yeah, come on. yeah. It has to be a full body thing. And annoyingly, like for a lot of people, myself included, it's sometimes these these big things or you know, these things that happen that kind of make us do snap out of our swimming upstream. And when you let go to the flow of life, this flow that's carrying you, you're like, oh. Here, you know, here's the magic, here's the beauty, here are the things that I've wanted. They're all down the path of least resistance, not, yeah. you know, not the, uh, swimming upstream. Yeah, and when we're swimming upstream, we're kind of rushing as well. So we're missing a lot of the stuff that is yeah. there as either a signpost or a bit of lesson learning or just a bit of joy. We're yeah. kind of blind to it because we're going, no, mm. my goal's over here. I haven't got time for this. I mean, I'm very much talking about how I live all the time. <laughs> that I'm just sprinting through things mm. to kind of tick things off a list or achieve things or I still get a, an immense amount of pleasure and joy from what I do but I think I could be getting so much more if I did that mental surrender and really just observed what was going on around me a lot more than I do. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is a really brilliant subject that you've sort of had a dive into in the book that's tricky mm. often to talk mm. about. And that is luck, mm -hmm. the concept of luck. And that we, you know, we've probably all said to someone else or been on the receiving end of, oh, you lucky bugger. Mm. Or it's all right for you. Or more well, my luck's down at the moment. Everything's going wrong. And I think we've probably all been in that spiral of mm. everything's going wrong. It feels like life's sort of disintegrating at times with 
things just like exploding all around you and you're like, what is going on? Mm. Can you talk to us a bit more about the concept of mm. luck? Yes, and I think this is where trust really comes in. You know, trusting in the path that's unfolding because we can think about luck from those two sides again, from kind of a psychological side and from a spiritual side. And, you know, for some, luck is just something that happens to us. It's just fate. We've got no control over it. But for others, you know, actually, if we think about what actually what actually is luck and perhaps it's an inter interpretation. So, you know, something happens to you where you might say, oh, I'm so unlucky. But that's a label that we've put on an experience. But what happens if we're privy to the like the whole the bigger picture? And perhaps that, you know, missed bus, that situation that felt unlucky is actually leading us on a path to something even greater. So it's kind of a lot of interpretation. And um, I reference um, um, Sliding Doors in the book, which is obviously a fantastic film. And, um, <laughs> and you know, that idea of, you know, she misses the train and then the film watches her, you know, the the, the two storylines that are so different. And he kind of, and, and every time I get myself in a situation where it could be seen as bad luck, you know, I, I like to remember that and think, you know, this could be a Sliding Doors moment. This could be a moment of, of pure luck, even though it feels terrible. Not, I remember not getting a job. Um, I just moved to London fresh faced and <laughs> ready to go. And I didn't get this job that I really wanted. I really, 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 really wanted it. And I did all the work I possibly could and I didn't get it and I was devastated. And, you know, I felt so unlucky and I you know, just felt so awful. And then, I don't know, it was a month or so later, I ended up getting another job, which just turned out to be the best thing ever. Like, I, I've still got really good friends from that time, even though it's long, the best manager I've ever worked with, hands down, that I've learned so much from. You know, it was, it was one of those things that, at the time, it felt like bad luck, but just trusting, trusting in the unfolding, kind of stepping back. So what is luck? You know, it's it's that interpretation. So there's that element of of control in terms of how am I how am I viewing this situation? But just that leaning into the trust of, of the unfolding. Yeah. Um, and so you can see everything is lucky. Yeah, I know, because we're, um, we're definitely not taught that one. I think, you know, especially with how the media works and there's a lot of negativity daily that we're, we're sort of on the receiving end of and we can definitely get in that mindset of everything's going to shit, mm. like in a very global sense. And... I guess like you say, there's always opportunity to go, right, well, how can I be part of something that either helps with these situations that are going on or which path can this lead me down to be of service or whatever mm -hmm. it might be? There are, there are, there are opportunities within the, the bad luck or, or the, the circumstance. Yeah. I can certainly see in my own life how things that I really did not want to happen have led to some huge discoveries, mm. actually, like huge discoveries I would not have had if I hadn't been through some horrific things. So I, I can totally see that one. And I think it, it, people find it difficult to talk about or to hear mm. the concept of it, especially when you're going through mm. treacherous times. It, it's it's really rough. And again, it, it goes back to sort of self-compassion, I guess, doesn't it? And going, you know, it, it's okay for me to be having these thoughts and feelings and to be struggling at this time, mm. etc. So within the book, there's lots of different practices, as you say, and there are spells and ceremonies because mm. it goes through the, the months of the year. Mm. Um, most will think of sort of Harry Potter and yes. a wand when they mm. hear the word spells. Mm -hmm. What is the interpretation of a spell? Mm. How might we do one? Mm, I love that. Ooh, I love so, a spell. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <clears throat> essentially, a spell for me is just a really focused intention. So a meditation it tends to always be part of, of, of performing a spell. So we're getting really grounded and present and we're actually just really evoking the feeling. So, you know, if we think about what feelings are, you know, energy, emotion, emotion, we think that they belong or, or something outside of us are responsible for our feelings but actually they're, they're always in there they, they any feeling can be conjured up by the use of imagination um you know or perhaps engaging something like the news you know it will bring up that but i like to think of them they're all in there you know and so a spell is about conjuring up a feeling that we want to to feel and you know if we're if you think if i you know i've, I've met the, the man of my dreams and i'm completely in love and i dot about the you know the day you know being completely in love people would say oh you know 
you, you look happy or you're radiant or whatever it may we kind of we radiate this this feeling that is going on inside of us so what if in a spell we sat down and we conjured up that feeling you know we felt the feeling of being completely in love and then you know completed the spell and went about our day you know which kind of energy do you think is more attractive to our desires you know that that feeling we've conjured up and we're we're embodying or you know that kind of you know well the opposite you know so how might you do that what might a spell mm. entail especially I like this love one how do mm. we do that <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's chapter two on love. There's a spell in there, and it is it is essentially what I've what I've just described. So you light a candle, like for you know that holding sacred space, lighting something to signify it's time now to to step out of everyday life and to to spend this time in meditation. Um, to light the candle, to sit and just really, um, you know, it can be helpful to kind of remember what that feels like from the past. Um, but just kind of to just play in your meditation with with visualizations or you know it could be imagining like Bradley Cooper just sweeping you <laughs> off your feet just, Bradley just sprung to mind there quite quickly <laughs> You know, here he is. Where have here you been, is. Bradley? Where have you been, just, Bradley? Just, you know, whatever it might be, but just really allowing yourself. So sitting in that meditation and, and coming out of the meditation when you feel in love. And it's it's surprisingly easy to do, I think, you know. Mm. Um, try it in a meditation, like, or whatever it is that you want to feel. Close your eyes and just see if you can conjure that feeling up. And and when you're there, just, you know, stub the candle out or you can wait until the, um, in spells, often in pagan spells, it's when the candle's burnt completely out, then the spell is cast. Whether that is part of your practice or not is totally up to you as a practitioner. But once you've kind of stubbed the candle out or the candle's gone, go about your day keeping that feeling, that good feeling. Mm. And I think, you know, when, when you're in the pit you know, of despair, when you're like, even doing meditations like this or visualizations like this just helps us to get out because our body believes what's going on in our mind. So if we visualize this yummy, joyful, you know, playful feeling, it's easier to kind of embody it as we move, you know, throughout our days. But it's very nice to do something if it is a ceremony as well, that it's quite tangible, like having a candle or if you're using anything else in your meditation or, or your ceremony to sort of mark that moment. Because I think we're really missing that in the modern world. Again, we race through our day. We've all got a ton of stuff on a list that we're trying to tick off or things that we need to do. And very rarely do we stop to have that moment of here's the time and the space that I'm giving myself to bring these bits and bobs together, whatever it might be, and to just focus on this feeling. And it's a really simple thing to do, but we just, we've neglected that. And also, I, I every time I do a, a dive into this sort of work, I think, why don't I know more about what sort of practices were going on in the UK hundreds and hundreds of years mm. ago? I want to know more about the witches. Mm. I need to, I want to learn more about this subject matter mm. because there's so much. Because I think, again, we tend to look to other parts of the mm -hmm. world for our practices. And if that's done appropriately, then it can be a beautiful thing that we all benefit from and we spread the joy and love around the globe, etc. If it's done with respect and that we've done the learning on the traditions. But there's so much from the UK that we just totally don't know about, that we should be really bringing back for the greater good of, of everyone. Mm, totally. And there's so much that's lost as well, which yeah. is, you know, um, I, I kind of got into a space a couple of years ago where, where I was exactly the same with that. I was feeling like, you know, like I need to know more. And, and we, we did an um, ancestry, you know, when you um, have your DNA and it tells you where, where Ooh, you're from. Oh, I want to do that. England. Basically, like <laughs> you were like, oh, I thought it was more yeah, exotic like, than that. Yeah, oh God, where's, where's the, but, you know, I was like, how disappointing. But then part of me was like, oh my God, like my ancestors walked this land, like, and I know nothing about them. That, you know, and there's a, um, uh, a Neolithic hill fort just um, near to where I live that I, I walk the dog up to often. And it's, and every time I go up there, I just feel like this lost story, you know, and even the, the, the story that we're, ta we're taught in schools you know, the the barbaric hunter-gatherers. And then, you know, the Roman Empire came and civilized, you know, civilization came. And, 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 and then you start to think about that narrative and you think, 
really? You know, were were they barbaric tribes or were they just tribes that lived like in complete harmony with the earth, who had songs, who had ceremonies and rituals and stories that, you know, when that time came, they were just completely wiped out. And it's, you know, there's this like, every time I start to think about that, there's sort of like a longing in me to connect. Because, you know, like you say, there's so much inspiration around the globe. And I think that's why you know, us in the West, we we latch onto it so much. We go to India and we're like, oh my God, this is, you know, exactly what I need because it's that lost part of, of, and when there's that kind of disconnection, you know, I mean, look, look, look what happens. Yeah, exactly. When we're (laughs) obsessed with all the things we know we're obsessed with that are wrong in terms of popular culture and consumerism and everything else, it is, you know, probably due to that mm. lack of us understanding how we can feel more connected. Mm. So I think when we look at nature, which is obviously a huge part of the book, but also how you live your life mm. and you living in rural Cornwall and having your daily walks and, and living much more in tune with nature, it's obviously a lot more challenging to do that in a city, but not impossible. Mm. And I think often people feel lost as to where to even start with mm. that one. How do I cultivate more of a connection with the, the world around me, the nature around me. It's a tough one. Yeah. And I think when we think about manifesting too, it's kind of, we've got to remember as conscious beings, as people who are, you know, are doing the work, you know, we've got to remember that our actions have a, a result, you know, and there's a bit in the bit where I'm like, you know, the freedoms that I experience as a, as a female in this country is thanks to the women, the sacrifice, the the manifesting, the, you know, the actions, the beliefs, the stuff that, that women who generations before me did. And it's kind of like when we look ahead, we're like, let's think about, you know, what world do we want to manifest? You know, what type of community do we want to live in? And, you know, what actions can I take today that's actually going to have benefit for generations to come? Mm. And, you know, and the tension that comes from where you live and how you feel, like obviously the environment has an, has a, an impact on you. And, you know, and I spent the time that I lived in London going fucking hate London. (laughs) I think most people do. It's too noisy and too busy. Too fast. But it's really interesting to, you know, to live quite the opposite life. And, you know, as I was saying earlier, like to come back and to, to, you know, the eyes that I'm looking through as I wandered around London today was like, wow, cafes like (laughs) there's food from all over the world and you know there's there's kind of there is there is that element that um you know we are always bringing our you know just checking in with our perception to think how am I you know what story am I telling about this but I mean London's a beautiful green city isn't it really there's some beautiful parks so in order to get your nature fix, you know, if you do feel like you want to just go and be immersed in nature, there's there's plenty of opportunities in in cities to do that. And even I think if we make it as simple as we we can for ourselves. So even if it is the birds that say, you know, in my hotel last night in Paddington, just, you know, there's there's not much well, apart from Hyde Park, but, you know, and there were, the birds woke me up this morning and I was like, oh, it's just blissful to hear mm. these little little guys, you know, waking Singing up in the morning. Singing for you. Yeah. Oh. I know, it's adorable. Yeah. It's really important what you just said there because often I think manifesting can be presented in, you know, we, we're, we're moving in this sort of well-being world and manifesting can often be presented as a very self-serving, singular endeavour that I will wish for this thing and this outcome and it will happen. But like you've just said, this can be a real opportunity to go, how do I want my kids to move around the world one day? Or if you haven't got kids, how do I want the people that are going to be there way after me to be walking and moving and experiencing life on planet Earth Mm. in terms of how we're treating the planet, but also each other. And it's a real opportunity to do that. It hasn't got to be like, I need to work out my goal and I'm going to have this great job and the best (laughs) new shoes. It doesn't have to go down Mm. that route. Mm, Absolutely. And and I think the, the sort of the pop view of or the like you know the hashtag view of manifesting is it or can be seen as very self-serving hashtag you know blessed. you know hashtag blessed yeah. you know and that's why like I said I've got so many people around me rolling their eyes they see this view of it and they think oh you know and it can be really self-serving but there's again that bit of tension between in order to be a positive change in the world we have to do the work ourselves you know it does start here um but with a view not just for me to improve my life and have a lovely time but actually how can i benefit you know the people around me how can i benefit my community how can i benefit 
issues that um, that matter at the moment and ultimately the earth yeah <laughs> you know ultimately this beautiful planet yeah. are my actions in alignment with that value like you know what differences can i make and not to like beat ourselves up because no. we can always do more like always but you know am i doing the best i can at serving that value at, at manifesting a better world yeah absolutely and t- talk to me about dreams because i know that you encourage everybody to do a dream journal how how can we use an interpretation of our dreams mm. to guide us teach us about what we're experiencing yeah. in life so the idea is that that our dreams will uh, uh, when and where kind of all that daily doing stuff is is processed <clears throat> in our unconscious mind so we get a little glimpse into our unconscious mind obviously as we move about our days it's we're operating in our conscious mind a lot of the time but you see the iceberg the 10% top of the iceberg um, is visible and that's our conscious mind and then the rest of the iceberg this huge part of our experience are, is our unconscious mind and dreams help us kind of look into or kind of get a feel for what's going on in in that kind of below the conscious state Mm. that we move about in the world so you know it might be that signs or symbols tend to come through in our dreams but ultimately it's really connecting into how we feel what's the feeling of the dream it's not necessarily it depends who you talk to about this but um for me it's not necessarily about the what exactly you see or you know so don't like google spider and yeah go, oh, i mean you could you know i'm gonna land in i'm gonna get some money from a, from a relative <laughs> or something whatever it is or my teeth exactly. are falling out money issues yeah and you know there's lots of different interpretations of dreams and that would totally work for someone but for me it's kind of like what's the feeling and and usually I f- i'm like challenge annika or i'm like you know like trying to like <laughs> what, in your dreams yeah in my dream i'm solving something <laughs> something's not quite going right you know i'm kind of moving through like <laughs> And then uh, when I've had a dream like that and I look at my life, I'm like, huh, now that makes sense, you know? Mm. Like, right, that- do you know what? I, I'm so obsessed with dreams. And mm. me and my friend Claire were having this chat the other day and we have the same reoccurring dream. Mm. And I've never met anyone that has this same dream because I've talked about it a lot. I only have one reoccurring dream and I have it, I would say, quite frequently. Probably a couple of times a year, I will have this exact dream mm where I'm in a house and it's my, it's not my house, but it's a house that I own, I've moved into and I'm walking around and I discover two or three new rooms that I didn't know were there and they're massive and I'm so excited, like, oh my God, what am I, how am I going to decorate it? What's this room going to be? And I'm excited to sort of show people these other rooms and it is them. I wake up so buzzed when I've had that dream. It's my fate. And Claire Bennett has the same dream. <laughs> Whatever next. <laughs> you know, Jungian dream analysts are probably like shouting at like, oh my God, it means this. Like that's, uh. but I, I'd say like just reflecting, what does that mean to you? How, you know, and if it feels mm. good, like great. Like that's amazing. Oh, but it feels great. Yeah. Look at my wonderful big rooms. Uh, yeah. It's, I feel like there's, like there's some sort of expansion on the horizon, mm. I like to think. You mentioned symbols a minute ago. Mm. How do symbols come into this conversation? Mm. You ask us to pick a symbol mm. each month. Why is that important? So symbols kind of act as a bit of a communication between the subconscious mind and the, and the conscious mind. So kind of, you know, really the, the subconscious mind processes in or symbols and patterns. And, you know, it, it really learns from, from the patterns rather than the the conscious things that we're that we're looking you know looking at with our conscious mind so symbols can act as a bit of a communication tool between those two parts of the the self but also i feel like a symbol will really help us to embed an intention so and we can play with it and it's so fun to play with it let's say you choose the number 3 for example or something and you're going to you're manifesting something you're working on manifesting something and and you use that that symbol of the number 3 as your kind of anchor for for your manifesting practice and then as you go about your daily life you know just notice when that number three when that sign or symbol comes up and it's so fun so fun I love so fun I love it too yeah yeah. and it's I love those little bits that kind of come through and it's always for me so mine you know it's a bit cliche but but a heart shape is, is just one of mine and um and it will always show up when when I need it. It will always mm. show up when I need it. I love that. I can't think of who it was who came on the podcast. It might have been Mel Robbins, mm. who says to look for hearts in nature, mm. and then you do really start to see yeah. them bloody everywhere, mm. like rocks or twigs mm. or leaves or whatever, mm. to give you that nod. Yeah, and then there's the you know there's science and mysticism meet. So that could be confirmation bias. You know, um, psychologists might say, well, you know, we filter information based on what we what we have in the forefront 
front of our mind, which is also why manifesting, you know, works. But so, you know, if we have this symbol in consciously in our mind, we'll filter information to, to see it more. But then on that kind of spiritual level, you know, like it, it's knowing that it's all there. It's all there yeah. for us to, and to see. And you feel it mm. and you feel good. So why not bloody do it? Yeah. Quite frankly, I feel like, and I don't think we've ever done this on an episode, but I feel like I need a sort of summary to tie mm. up everything we've talked about. So for people listening to this who are like, oh, bloody hell, I need to start manifesting something. <laughs> Just talk us through what someone could do right after mm. they've listened to this episode. Mm. What are they going to do? I think, first of all, it's kind of, if you are feeling like, oh, bloody hell, I've got to do this bloody, another bloody thing. <laughs> no, I mean it in a way like, bloody hell, I need this. Oh, yeah, okay. I need this. Okay. Not like, oh, no, 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 no. practice. No, no, not at all. I think we just, we need this one. Yeah, mm. I think it's a, like, let's just, Take a step back, I think, first of all. It really set yourself up. Why don't you do do your own little private ritual or ceremony? Light a candle, make it delicious, make it smell yummy, have some delicious music playing, make it just carved out sacred space for you just to reconnect. And maybe just spend time in meditation. Maybe jot your thoughts down. Maybe go for a walk and listen to Janiah Twain. Yes. Or, you know, my personal favourite is turning music about so loud and just dancing around the kitchen. I love it so much and I feel great for it. But do something that kind of, that will help you connect with yourself and and just really answer the question what do i want you know and not it doesn't have to come straight away maybe you can ask the universe for support and guidance and and notice the signs and symbols as you go about the day there's no time limit to this stuff there's no pressure take the pressure off see it as fun see it as exciting and, a, and a, a, an enjoyable little journey that you can go on but just start to get a little bit clear on what it is that you want and then you, you know we have to start taking action we have to um, do the inner work to kind of realize the blocks we have to do the practices that help us feel really good in the moment and just someone said to me once you are the researcher of your own experience and I was like oh I like yeah, that I like a that. lot yeah, I like that you know, so rather than being in this stuff all the time, be the reason. Oh, how interesting. Be curious. Yeah. Oh, this made me feel like this. Oh, that made me feel. Oh, that worked. That didn't, you know, just just kind of really see it as like an explorative play mm. and a bit of fun. Just feeling good, tuning up, yeah. turning up that volume, just to feeling good. I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, look, thank you. And, I, and I'm I'm very happy to be publishing mm. your brilliant book, Your Manifesting Year on Happy Place Books. It's a, a beautiful book, even just to look at with the gorgeous <laughs> cover. But I think it's going to help a lot of people. So thank you for writing it. And thank you for chatting today. Thank you so much. I've loved it. Thank you. Oh, Joey, thank you so much for your time. And I just love that sweet spot between science and magic. You know what I really want to do is do some spells. Oh my God, when Joe was talking about spells, I was like, tell me everything right up my alley. I'm definitely going to be giving that a go. And I must say, Joey also brought with her to the house some sweet Cornish treats. Oh my God, a little home for solitary bees. Because did you know 90% of bees are solitary bees and they don't make honey and they don't live in a hive and they don't have a gang. So they need a little home. That was a cute present. Anyway, I digress. Your manifesting year is out now. And as I said, I'm incredibly proud that Happy Place Books is publishing it. Oh, by the way, if, like for me, listening to Shania Twain's music is a sacred ritual, you'll love the episode with her from just a couple of weeks ago. You'll find that with just a tiny scroll back in your podcast feed. And while you're still here, make sure you're following Happy Place so you always know when new episodes are available. You can do it on your podcast app of choice and also on Instagram to hear all of our Happy Place news. Okay, until next time, huge thanks again to Joey, to the producer Anushka Tate at Rethink Audio and to you. Cheerio. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, 
edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rustolium.